Well, welcome to the 45th episode of The American Schmuck. And it's me, The American Schmuck. Thank you for joining me. As we are in the anus of the implementation of the New World Order. Here we have, you know, living in the north, you know, Minnesota, I've never been all crazy about illegal immigration and everything like that. It was never much of a topic for me. I knew it meant something, obviously, but, you know, we border Canada. I mean, but we're getting flooded down the border. And the attorney general, this, uh, or this pick for the attorney general, won't even mention that it's illegal to cross the border. Well, this is all part of the globalist plan to bring in labor to kind of distribute the, kind of get the price of labor to its equilibrium, which is counter to unions, which are traditionally uh, kind of a democratic voting base. But the Democrats hate unions. Just like how the Marxists and communists actually hate the proletariat. They are the useless eaters to them. They are the people that don't matter. And they call their competition the bourgeoisie. And that's why they always round up the competition. In the suspected bourgeoisie. But yes. Everything that's going on today. That's being brought in. By the Joe Biden administration. Which is actually just a globalist administration. Because he doesn't know where he's at. He busts out the n-word. On live TV. Even gets picked up by closed captioning. Um, this is everything that was envisioned in the 20s, 30s, and 40s in what is called kind of the Austrian school of economics. Ludwig von Mises, who's often hailed as the most libertarian economist in the world, when sure, that's what his economic his views on economic law are. But what he was trying to actually move forward with was control a, a global controlling economic environment where capital can go from state, from country to country without any barriers, without any restrictions. And by that, local governments in the state would have to be subordinate to it. And that's why we see all this, uh, this is uh, you know a, a attack on a nationalism borders the country, but they also want to take over the political aspect of things too, not just the economic. And they've been building that up for years. They created the CFR. World Trade Organization, all these things, the World Bank. And now they're, it can be culminated as like the Davos Group, and now the head of it is like uh, Klaus Schwab. 
who's trying to engineer the Great Reset. And so now we get the whole COVID thing, and wow, now we know why COVID is a thing. And so everybody that is all about the lockdowns and everything, they are this neoliberal class, which is actually just like the most uber capitalist that you can imagine. Like, they're above Bezos, but Bezos is just a product of this. He is, like, the the test. The He's the chosen one to implement this global marketplace of everything that's made in the world can be sold anywhere in the world. And then that, like, places like China can compete with labor costs, and to dominate the market via Amazon. But they plan on having your wages go down, lower your standard of living, so you need a way to get rich, okay? And I'm thinking I'm going to offer, like, a, a YouTube course with, like, the, you know, the first... Uh, couple courses are free. The introductory courses are free to anybody who's interested in getting rich to have what they deserve. You've been working your whole life on the clock only to work more on the clock and you want to retire early. Well, I got the idea for you. And I got it inspired by this Drudge Report piece from Denuz. Now listen closely. Here's how you're going to get rich. Why an animated flying cat with Pop-Tart body sold for almost $600,000? Yes. This is how you're going to get rich. It is a very pixelated cat. With its body is a strawberry Pop-Tart. Flying through a night sky... Leaving a rainbow trail. Yes. This is how you're going to get rich. Because the elite, these globalists that I was just talking about, this uh, Von Mises, these neoliberals, they love degenerate, stupid art. You sell something like this to them, you're going to be rich. It's like a few years ago when someone duct taped a fucking banana to the wall and sold it for what, 115 grand? Now this is how we're going to get rich in the new global economy. You know, and I've always wondered like what what about modern art that you know the post Jackson Pollock garbage which Jackson Pollock was uh kind of uh employed by the CIA to kind of bring about this degenerate art that's meant to just hate yourself. You know, they say correlate, you know, correlation isn't causation, but Pollock and on suicide rates have gone up like crazy. Now, can you blame Pollock for that? Man, maybe not him personally, but you can blame the fucking scene he was in for it, for sure, that he was kind of a pioneer of. 
the, de- the total degeneracy that you can obviously lead to like kind of lead up to Nirvana and like Kurt Cobain and that was kind of the start of the whole emo movement. Of the angsty suburban white boy with rich parents, buys him everything but still never satisfied, so kills himself. You can definitely blame blame Jackson Pollock for stuff like that, for sure. So just a tip on just a tip right there for if you're trying to get rich, you know, make some shit, some garbage. You know, fuck it. Take a okay. I got an idea. You know, you have like one of those little what, three gallon garbage pails, you know, you keep in your bedroom or something, or you know, in the office or the ones that are like in the cubicle, you know. Put a garbage bag in there. Put your garbage in there. Your your diet coats and napkins and whatever the fuck. You take that, and then one day, you pour maybe some like blue colored uh, epoxy in there. Let it set. Next day, put some like orange epoxy in there. Let it set. And then whatever colors you want to go off of, just do that and let it set. And then you turn it upside down and you take the garbage bag off. And now you have a nice, like, colored, like, thing full of garbage. But it's, like, represented as, like, you know, it's a rainbow, but it's also garbage. So there's a contradiction there. And it's beautiful. And you, you, you don't even need to explain it to people. You let them, their imagination work for you. And you're fucking rich. Actually, I might do that. I might actually fucking do that. You just have to buy the epoxy, I mean, and then some shit to throw in the garbage, some banana peels or whatever. So I was looking through Drudge, and is still definitely enemy Drudge, 100%. Maybe like one day a month, it'll be like, oh, it's good. Which is like the day that Rush Limbaugh died. They actually had a decent, like, commemoration for him. I thought it was all going to be, like, slanted, like, Rush Limbaugh, the father of white supremacy or some shit. When his number two guy, his call screener, Bo Snurdly was, you know, he's black. So obviously, you know, Rush Limbaugh is racist. But I mean, you just look at some of this stuff, and, and, and this is why mainstream media is completely I get, disconnected. I mean, it's all been said before. Everything that, I'm not saying anything new about mainstream media. But it, it, it's, I don't even know how to explain it even, even myself. Like, it. This is why nobody believes them. But they still have this stuff come out with names attached to them, like reputable names that you think of, like uh, Zogby Poll or all these other, you know, polling agencies uh, in, in these study groups and everything that are supposedly of high caliber and supposedly of... Uh, 
just being, you know, truthful and honest, and they have a great reputation, supposedly. But here we have, check this out. I, I can't believe, I, I don't think anybody actually believes this. This poll from, where'd it go here? American Research Group. And apparently, I opened up the tab, right? Just now. I opened the tab from Drudge Report. And it says, 503 forbidden. You don't have permission to access this resource. Oh. But it says... It says, Joe Biden's job approval rating is 58%, 34% disapprove. And now you cl- you click on it and it won't you you can't go to it. Or at least on my iPad right here. I can't go to it. it. Says I'm forbidden. From American Research Group, which honestly, I haven't even heard of those guys. But this is they just like find some poll out there and they slap it on Drudge and they know that just they you're just going to, you know, look right through the headlines and then, you know, it's, that's all you do on Drudge, really. That's what, nobody actually really reads them. I, I admit I'm, you know, guilty of that, too. But, so you click on it and there's nothing, but for some reason he has 58% approval. Power's going out in Texas. Now, if that was under Trump, they would have blamed Trump for that. It would have been, they would have called for his impeachment. He could have been down there handing out you know, blankets or something, even though Joe Biden, they're like, oh, you plan on going to Texas? He's like, I, I don't want to fuck things up down there. I don't want to, I don't want to be a burden, you know, so, you know, I'm not going to go to Texas. I mean, it, 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 pointing out the double standards is just insane. They just keep doing these double standards. It's like, they're just distracted. It's like, it's not even worth it for us to just point them out. We know that's the norm now. The double standards. I mean, they just happen and happen and happen and happen. But it's good to keep them in our memory bank to point out hip- hypocrisies. Because pointing out hip- hypocrisies in your opposition is an argumentative tactic, a relevant one, due to it exposes, okay, what do you actually care about here? So let's say they accuse uh, uh, you know they say Trump you know not wearing you know going around not wearing the mask and he's like well where's your mask why aren't you wearing a mask you know double standard tell me to wear my mask when you're not wearing yours well, yeah but I'm you know I'm social distancing. But you're the one advocating the masks. You're the one who's about the masks here. You're the one who's all about mandating them. I'm the one who, it's up to people if they want to wear them or not. I'm trying to get the damn economy back going. Instead of having China take over. Which they're full back in business. The whole of Asia is. Or if... Here's an easier example. It's like Antifa going around calling everybody Nazis. When they're actually doing Nazi brown shirt tactics and they're bought and paid for, or even an inception of people who worked with the Nazis. So it's not about Nazis for them. 
then what is it about? What is your actual concern here? Because it's not about the Nazis. It's like we're not in, 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 in like we're not even trying to prove that we're not Nazis. It's like that's dumb on its face. I'm not gonna fucking prove I'm I'm not a Nazi. Give me a break. You're funded by them. So I want to mention this book that I'm reading right now. And hold on. Well, it's not next to me at the moment. But I have it on my Audible here. And it is called Globalists End of Empire and the Birth of Neoliberalism from Quinn Slobodian. And, you know, people often hail tragedy and hope as like the most informative book on, on globalism from an insider that you can imagine. Now, I'm not going to lie. I don't know too much about this Quinn Slobodian guy. And obviously, I should know more about it as before I talk to this about this kind of stuff or about the book. But it, it very much reads like tragedy and hope. It's not like a, a, a book trying to expose them. It's just a very unbiased history of the implementation of this neoliberal movement. And I, I highly recommend anybody to read this book. And it's only it's about 230 pages, but it's very heady. There's a lot of information in it. A lot of stuff that pertains to the World Trade Organization, the International Chamber of Commerce, uh, the UN, the League of Nations. And it's just full of admissions of them being bad guys and trying to undermine nations themselves and hold corporations and investment capital as the highest civil right priority. Not individuals. Individuals are just meant to be moved around. And that's what we're seeing with the whole, you know, illegal immigration in America and bringing in the, you know, African third world and Middle East third world into Europe. It's all about bringing in cheap labor. And I don't know what they plan on doing with the, uh, with the original people, with the, with the natives, with the with the with the legal immigrants, I think they they probably plan on killing them. I don't know, which could be true because those are most likely going to people going to be the people that get the vaccine. Because I don't see black people wanting to get the vaccine. They won't eat steak if it's not well done. They don't trust it. I mean, you 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 think they're going to take the vaccine? I know I'm not going to take the vaccine. Though I do highly recommend try yourself a, at least a medium done steak. 
I think you'll like it. I heard that from a black guy. He's like, no, us black people, we hate... We won't eat steak if it's medium rare or medium. It has to be well done. I highly recommend that book. I'm I'm about halfway through it, and I'm also listening to it on Audible, so I I bought the print version because I really want to understand what's going on in that because that is probably the the premier book on, on globalism. And they talk about there's two worlds, the Imperium, world of Imperium and world of Dominium. Imperium is the government world where it rules people. You know, police and military and all that. Politicians, political. And Dominium is the world of finance. The world of property. And they want to dominate that. And then dominating that, you're going to dominate Imperium. Because the globalists figured out at the end of... They hated after World War One and World War Two, the rise of, of democracy in Europe. They are wholly of the attitude that people cannot rule themselves. They, they, they're, they're, it's arrogance. It all comes down to arrogance. But people, they think people cannot rule themselves. They are not capable of democracy. So they fully justify rigging elections. It's a moral duty to them to appease their arrogance. They have to move forward with this kind of stuff. And they cite, you know, in the book, I'm not saying everything in the book is written as if it's like in good context. But, you know, they'll be like, well, Hitler was, you know, he won an election. He fucking stole the election. And and don't you think the mass consciousness altogether will, will come to an agreement on something? All the intellect around will come to an agreement on something that will get represented by a populist like Donald Trump. And to an extent, you know, Bernie Sanders represented a something within the mass consciousness. But he was his goal was to, to, to hijack and steer it in a different direction. He's like, what the fuck I got with a percent? The corporations? Well, it's like he's bought and paid for by the corporations. The corporations are on his side. Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, all these people. They know they're gonna they know Bernie Sanders is gonna do what they want for him. Do what he wants for him. But it's going to be the little guy, the guy who's trying to build something. The Mike Lindells. Those are apparently going to be the evil dictators. But again, Bernie's a communist, and he sees people just, he doesn't even see them as assets. He sees them as commodities of some sort. They will do what you want them to do as long as they're fed, 
housed and clothed. So if they just do, if you, if you, if you just give people those, their bare minimums, if you give people their bare minimums, you get them to do whatever you want. And that's their whole attitude towards people because they think they're the ones that feed you. They fucking, here comes the condor into the nest. Here comes the airplane into the hangar, you know, with the spoon going into the mouth of like peas and carrot baby food. Puree. They think that's their job. And where are they leading us to? Depressions. Because they they engineered the fucking, you know, 1929 market crash. They called all the investments, all the money back, all their loans back from the investment banks all at the same time. And these investment banks would, you know, borrow money from the big banks and invest it everywhere in the in the economy. Now, the, the, all those loans are recalled at once. Everything's everything's sold. Everything it, it, there's there's no money in the market anymore. There's no money in the investment world anymore. And then therefore they had to engineer they had to engineer the economy after that. We this can't happen again. So a lot of this whole thing One of the narratives that the globalists like to use is prophylaxis. Not prophylactics like a like like the pill or something or that weird little like why what do you call it? The IUD. Well, I've had a run up with one of those before. Those things fucking suck. I'm not gonna go there. But this whole notion of let this can't happen again. And then diverting resources and doing all this shit so something doesn't happen again. But it's like climate change. I mean, it, it's, you know, it, in all these, like, you know, climate breaking records everywhere, it's, there's no same moment twice. Everything is just an unfolding of some sort. So I guarantee the temperature and the climate, generally the humidity, the dew, the dew point, the barometric pressure, where you are right now has never happened at that moment a year before, or that moment a year before, two years before, three years before, seven years before. So we're all, every single moment is unprecedented because the arrangement of atomic and subatomic anything has never happened in the same way it is right now. So on like a philosophical level, this notion of prophylaxis is flawed. Like the word climate change. What a just, what a just psyop word that is. Of course the climate is changing, yo. And isn't it funny that they're trying to bring in everything that they had going for global warming over it freezing in Texas? They're going to try to implement everything from global warming for things freezing. 
and Bill Gates comes out and says, oh, it's because of wind patterns, blah, blah, blah. Therefore, the oceans are undeniably, you use that word undeniably, that gaslighting word, that the oceans, the oceans are rising right now. Miami is still there. Cape Cod is still there. The property on those, the prices of property in those areas are still really fucking high. And the property in the Midwest, in the middle of the country, is still really low. Maybe not necessarily if you go to the city, but I mean, you go to a little town in Kansas or Missouri or Nebraska or something, it's going to be really low. They would be really high if the coastal cities were flooding out. But that's not the case because it's all a lie. What else I got here? Now, I want to play for you something from Chuck Schumer. This cocksucker. If... Well, my Bluetooth from my iPad to this is having difficulties. I remember on my last episode, I was having difficulties trying to... Here we go. No, here we don't go. God. Anyway, Chuck Schumer. Schumer, Texas has ignored climate change. I hope they learned a lesson. Even though a quarter... Of the state's power came from windmills. That didn't work. And so they had to. Bring in power from windmills. In Nebraska. In Iowa. Which shut off electricity over there. Giving residents. $17,000. Monthly. Electric bills. Now, if this isn't the Green New Deal, I don't know what is. And of course, since Biden's president, he doesn't get blamed. Instead, Chuck Schumer blames Texas. When this was all done on purpose. And I predict by next winter, here in Minnesota, we probably will not have heat. Or at least a lot less heat. People will die in Minnesota. People will die in Wisconsin. People will die in New York. People will die in Michigan. People will die in Iowa. People will die in North Dakota. Maybe not North Dakota because at least 
you know, it's a working class and actual proletariat state that implements common sense into things. And maybe that won't happen to them. Same with South, uh, South Dakota. But people will die in Illinois. Straight up frozen to a bus stop. And here's some more bullshit on Drudge, I see. Oh, USA passes 500,000 COVID deaths. You know what I don't like? Even the people who refute, you know, COVID or, you know, you know all the lockdowns and everything. I don't like how they still acknowledge this number. We know, we, we know every death is attributed to COVID. You died of cancer? Oh, I think we found a COVID fucking subatomic particle in your body. Therefore, you died of, died of COVID. Fauci says masks are another year. So, fuck Biden's campaign promise of 99 days. As Germany is rejecting all the COVID lockdowns, oh, suddenly... Cases rise again in Germany. But here, Yellen signals interest in digital dollar, which means she's going to implement it. No more cash. Sounds a Bitcoin warning. So if, if you have crypto, if you're paying attention to crypto, it took a little bit of a hit today. Last I looked, it was still above 50 grand, but it, you know, things went down, you know, 12% in the past 24 hours. And of course, today being February 22nd, 2021. 2221. Hmm. Tomorrow will be 2222. That's crazy. Anyway. But I saw some people that say that, that were saying that there was a big uh, drop in the stock market today. But not due to just people taking their money out, but just shifting money from somewhere to somewhere else. So they're taking it out of tech and putting it in, you know, uh, other fields. So money wasn't leaving the market. And this guy speculated, um, I'm, you know, my mom sent me this video. She's heard of the guy. I've never heard of the guy. But saying that what happened in the stock market today was very much uh, had to have been a reflection on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies today. But of course, Drudge has to imply that the dollar in a digital form is real money that goes against Bitcoin's fake money. So that's just kind of weird little thing that, that, that Drudge does here, and it's highly deceptive. And favors higher corporate income tax, except for Google, Facebook... Twitter, Amazon, 
and all the other tech billionaire oligarchs and probably healthcare industries other places as well you get higher taxes you want to file as a corporation higher taxes doesn't matter how many people you employ or don't employ how much you profit or don't you are under the classification of a corporation now honestly I say you know if that's you have some sort of interest in another country now you'll probably be exempt from all this shit because you'll probably that's probably the way to hijack the globalist new world order is if you have a corporation you you, you do business in another country so you're able to kind of circumvent all this stuff and you can kind of blend in as if you're on their team America was hijacked we'll hijack them back And here's another interesting piece I saw on Drudge. And this one comes from Yahoo News. Social media users more likely to believe misinformation. Study. Now, it doesn't really talk about the study that much. The study itself. But they have to paint this in a way as if all Trump supporters and all anti-COVID people and all people who do the research, who who get banned off social media, are the ones that parrot misinformation. Americans who rely on social media as their main source of news are more likely to believe false or unproven stories about important topics such as politics and COVID-19, a, stu- a survey showed Monday. I mean, these people lie so much because this implied that the survey showed specifically people believe misinformation of politics and COVID-19 from social media when social media does nothing but ban them and delete their tweets or posts or whatever. They work around the clock. They work with the government to do just that. Pew Research Center uh, report found that people who use social media platforms for news were less informed about major public affairs topics and more susceptible to believing rumors and hoaxes. The report comes with social media platforms becoming a growing source of news amid struggles by traditional media in the digital age. The Pew report found some 18% of respondents in the survey got most of their political and election news via social media. And I bet that 18% is probably what voted for Biden. But those people were, more, were less likely to correctly answer fact-based questions about politics and current events than those relying on print and broadcast news apps. Social media news consumers were more likely aware of false, specific false or unproven stories about the coronavirus and said they had seen more information about the pandemic, such as claims that vitamin C could prevent infection, the survey found. Vitamin C does not prevent inf- infection, it says. doesn't say infection from what in this article. So I can only assume that they did not mean infection from coronavirus. Now, vitamin C won't prevent HIV. I'll tell you that. 
But vitamin C will prevent scurvy. Vitamin C will prevent the cold, which is the coronavirus. So what's the misinformation here? If you're talking about the coronavirus, it's misinformation that vitamin C can prevent the coronavirus, which comes from, which is, uh, which is the cold. The report comes from a series of interviews with some 9,000 U.S. adults from November 2019 through December 2020. A majority of the survey said they distrusted social media with Facebook the least trusting among the platforms. Gee, I wonder. I bet those all people that don't trust Facebook are, I bet they're all Trump supporters. Among those using traditional media, the researchers also found that roughly a quarter of Americans on the political right and left consistently turned to partisan news sites reinforcing their views. I could say that about the left. I mean, I'm going to drudge right now. I'm reading stuff from Drudge. Not necessarily reinforcing my political views. Which I don't even consider, like, they're, I don't even consider rightist. I'm calling them, you know, if, if these people are the neoliberals, I'm an old liberal. 100%. I'm not even a conservative. I'm not even, like, I'm definitely a patriot in the sense where, where I, I actually believe in, in, in the Bill of Rights. But I don't think the Bill of Rights it has to contain, contain be contained within geographical borders. I think the same thing, the, the rights, the, the prosperity that we had can be implied anywhere in the world to any group of people, any color of people. Don't matter. These are just basic fundamental human liberties. And that's kind of like the, 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 the liberal uh, uh, how you cornerstone, the liberal uh, capstone is that the, the conservative is we do what's been done in America for America, which is all good. you know I'm not, I'm not saying that's bad or anything. But I'm thinking, like, okay, well, America's in the world, so it's more on a, in a, on a grander scale. And I'm not trying to say that I think I'm bigger than than a conservative does, or the 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 you know the definitional the archetypal the defined conservative. I'm think I'm I'm speaking of like generalization definitions here. Both have their both have their thing. Both are very important. So it's like the male and female. They're both. One's not better. They're they're both essential for a whole. They make up the whole. I guess that's my only thing. I'm glad America happened. I'm glad conservative happened. Conservatism happens and is is happening. I guess I just don't limit that to just where I'm at. But there's also a function for it to be limited to the most uh, micro level as possible to get a very microscopic view of how it's done. 
So both of them are essentially important. This is I'm talking about real bipartisan shit here. An actual respect for the other side. And recognizing their importance and the role they play and their contribution. That would be a healthy society. Pew found that roughly three in ten Republicans relied on former President Donald Trump as a major news source, as a major source of news about the election and the coronavirus. These Republicans were more likely to think the COVID-19 had been overblown, likely to see voter fraud as a significant front threat to election, election inter- integrity. And I bet it's those 7 and 10 that get their news from social media. And the TV. Because it, the news is so fucked. And to a very large extent, like the daytime Fox shows, the morning Fox shows, daytime talk sh- you know, Fox shows, once you start getting past like 4 o'clock and you start getting on the 5, you start getting something real in their primetime slots. Before that, it's just, it's just shit. Chris Wallace, I mean, well, he had Bill Gates on the other day. And Chris Wallace is like totally acknowledging climate change and, and Bill Gates is like, oh, just see, look what happened in Texas. It's proof of what I've been talking about. It's freezing from global warming. Wouldn't it make the temperatures like average out if... Wouldn't Miami be gone? And even if oceans were rising so incrementally to the point where it's just creeping up on South Beach Drive or whatever road that is that's right there, what are we going to do? We're going to be like the, the, the woman that's in the horror film that's just like, running away or, you know, just trips on a log being chased by, you know, hockey mask Jason who's just, like, walking casually, calmly towards her and she just can't seem to get away and then falls and just can't get up. No, don't. Just, like, just helpless, just waiting for the the water to drown them. Is that what we're going to do? No. If anything, we'll build, like, cool, like, floating neighborhoods. Floating hydroponic gardens. How cool would that be? But that's real liberalism, and we can't have that. We can't be thinking like that here. But I got rid of Facebook, and I would distribute my podcast here a little bit on Facebook, but I've never, I got rid of it. I did it via my own personal account, because I never had an account for this podcast. I just, like, uploaded it and just sent it, you know, just linked it, put it on Facebook. I got rid of my Facebook. I'm on no social media. I'm on library, 
I'm on some of this alternative social media. But it's very different than regular social media where it's very, where they hire fucking people who build uh, casino slot machines to get you sucked in and just lose all concept of space and time. And so you just feed it money, 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 money more and you just get sucked in and hypnotized. And they just refuse to, to put in this aspect, that aspect of this whole thing, where it's meant to make you believe whatever the fuck is put on there. That's what the news, that, that, that is the, new, the, the, the news program's main goal. It, it's not for the news. It's to create this imagery, this facade of something believable. And so they can just say whatever shit, they can say whatever they want, and then you believe it, it because it's a, a, a pretty lady in a suit with a little ticker on the bottom and, you know, the nice background behind them that's always, like, got some weird shapes or something has a, a image of something that's prestigious or already has a connection, uh, a concept in your brain of something that you've already trust, something established. Like having, you know, like, like an image in the background of, you know, the raising of the flag on Iwo Jima. And then, like, have, like, Chuck Schumer talk about that the insurrection that was spearheaded by John Sullivan, Antifa member, as the new, as, as, as Pearl Harbor. You don't really see Chuck, you wouldn't really, but that's how they think. This is the weird, like, MK, MK Ultra level, like, Freudian psychological shit that they do. I was talking to my friend on the phone just last night and I was talking about the sub and unconscious. It's, it's like, I'm not, I'm saying an expert in all this stuff, but like, I know I've, I read books. I know about it. Okay. I can talk about it. And this guy was like, holy, I told him, yeah, there's like a, you know, the theory, you know, the theory is that we have this unconscious layer of just so much stuff that we just, don't overtly think about and most people live out their whole lives just on the conscious level of just like their 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 overt thoughts they never question where these thoughts come from within themselves and he's like holy shit i better read more cuz he doesn't read he just you know watches tv and drinks but you know what at least he's like oh my gosh i got to read more that is a huge milestone for anybody. Because information isn't going to come to you. You got to go to it. If you let information go to you, this is what we're going to get. We get these brainwashed mobs that throw a temper tantrum anytime their narrative is questioned. Because they, they identify with it so much. They've been successfully brainwashed on purpose. But luckily, one person by one person is going to question themselves, where do my thoughts come from? We can question everybody else all day long. We know where your thought came from, but you don't even ask that of yourself? And that's what Young points out in his um, Man and His Symbols. It's like how we're going to fix the world when we don't even bother to like, we know everything about the world, 
we strive to know everything about the world and we think we know everything about the world, but we don't even bother to know anything about ourselves on an individual level. We're doomed if, if we keep doing it like this. Because that is the true path to empathy. We find out what's flawed in ourselves and we find that same flaw in somebody else. We don't punish them now. We understand it. We don't hate them for it because if we hated them for it, we would hate ourselves because we've been there. The best we can do is just try to lay the groundwork or or convince them or do whatever we can in our own unique way as an individual to have them break through it, to break through that rite of passage because that's all that these things really are. You go through this stage of knowing it all or whatever. And then out of that, you you gain wisdom. And out of wisdom, you gain empathy. If you don't have empathy, you're not wise. You're not wise if you don't have empathy. There, I'd say that was a pretty smooth uh, episode of The American Schmuck. The past few times, it's just been, oh my gosh, I've been fucking it up. Yawning. Hitting the end record while I meant to hit the music, uh, the button for the music, and then I cue it up just like how I'm doing here. I think even one, I forgot to hit the record button. And I went into the bathroom and, the you know, you probably heard me, like, take a piss in the toilet flush. And... But I appreciate it. Until next time.